One big thing is being too specific in what you're looking for, especially if it's a student film or something unpaid. I encourage people to broaden their horizons, and uh, that's something I've done. I run a 501c3 theater company with my mom in Central Jersey, and we're big on multicultural casting, and we're big on opening up classical roles and seeing people for it who might not be seen by other companies or have been seen in the past for it. And I just am a big proponent of letting yourself be surprised in the audition room. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 49. I'm Elise Siebert. And I'm Leslie Shannon. Today, we are talking to casting editors from Backstage, Jill Heller and Anna Payone. We discuss how to write an intriguing casting notice, an institution with a startup feel, and and all all the the many resources of Backstage. So it's like this, and she's like, when we sign the lease, she's like, I hope you'll call me Bubby. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're not my Bubby. Bubby. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know. They let that happen naturally, yeah. not like an upfront thing. I, anytime anyone tells you to call them something, I always find that awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When they're like, oh, call me, call me grandma or mom or right. whatever. And I'm like, I will in due time. It's like, yeah. don't, don't tell me to do that. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> or like an old high school teacher, um, when I came back, when I went back to visit like years after graduation, he's like, well, you can call me Matt now. I'm like, no, I can't. No, <laughs> no, you're always, you're always Mr. Whatever. I'm like, you're not. No. <laughs> oh, college i was seeing that you so you said you were from jersey originally Mm -hmm. is that i was like listening while i was doing other things but you're from jersey originally and you went to michigan but you're she went you went to michigan you went to but you went to north carolina yes over the map we were just talking about that at work actually how we all kind of went a different place yeah husband went to michigan oh really how do you like it oh my god he like <laughs> bleeds it right it yeah. is a cult it is a cult it was heartbreaking about the basketball finals. oh my no oh. we got to go to the elite eight because we were in la at the time yeah it was really really fun but yeah that was awesome. that he was not very happy yeah <laughs> yeah our ceo is a michigan grad so, and i think we have a couple other michigan, michigan people, people in the office so yeah. we talk about that occasionally a little depressing monday back at work yeah or tuesday or tuesday, tuesday. Yeah. that's no he said in our slack channel he's like like if if Michigan wins, nobody has to come in. If we lose, everybody has to be here by seven a.m. <laughs> oh, that didn't work in anyone's favor. Yeah. Oh man. So that was an early month, uh, early Tuesday. That was like another thing I'm not gonna do. But okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has like he went to business school there, so oh, he yeah. has like sixty friends. Like automatically, like m- they all moved to New York at the oh, same time, and. <laughs> Yeah, it's just insane. Oh, so they were all devastated. Yeah. Yeah, they were. You're like, they were. You yeah. should see his phone. So he has this WhatsApp group with yeah. all of them. And it's just like, like 200 messages in like 30 minutes. I'm like, this is a little insane. If I didn't know exactly what that is, I'd be a little worried. Like, do you, yeah, do you read all of these? He's like, no. 
It's like two guys going back and forth and everyone else just has... is silent, like like nothing's happening. Yeah. That's one of the things about the danger of any sort of like group text or group message is that you you just have... Your phone is just constantly vibrating and you... And you're not participating because you're like, how can you talk right now? That's what I always think. I'm like, I have things I have to do. How are you sending messages all right now? Like, and what are you you're, doing? You're putting in like the perfect gift response to everything that someone says. I'm like, let's talk about the time that you're devoting. Yeah. To this well, either, either that or they have like a gift art form. They're just, they're so in tune. They're just like, yeah. I know what they this are is. The gift. They, they are the gift. They are the gift. I am one with the gift. They have their Mr. Miyagi moment. I was doing that. I was watching my friend put a time thing. I don't even know what it's called on Instagram. The time story. Time story. Story. Oh, story. Thing. Oh, yeah. And she was adding all these gifts to it. And I was like, where are those? Like, I don't even know. Like, she was just like scrolling through hundreds and hundreds of gifts. And I was like, like, I don't even know what? those existed on no. Instagram. I've just recently like embraced the story idea. Uh-huh. I'm working on it. Yeah. How did, how did you embrace it? Like how? Um, I think it took like actually like having a special event going on or like I, mm. we were doing a trip somewhere and I'm like okay this would be fun to document but I don't necessarily want to blow up someone's Instagram feed so I'm like let me just do the story and then I mean I'll probably add to my story maybe once every three months (laughs) I know I'm terrible I go in like spurts like a week I'll be like adding 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 and then I don't do it for three months yeah that's (laughs) people probably think I'm dead (laughs) you're posting every day and now now I'm nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, so how did you guys both come to backstage? Did you come at different times or? Yeah, I started a few years ago. I was actually working as a receptionist at a post-production facility where uh, Jill's husband, who's an editor, works out of there sometimes now, but I didn't know him then. And <laughs> I, um, it was just really high stress, even though I was only a receptionist and kind of long hours. I was living with my parents in Jersey. I had just graduated, paid next to nothing. And I was commuting back and forth from Jersey and I had to be on time and I had to make the coffee for the editors and they kept wanting to extend my hours. So I was like, Oh, I hope they don't listen to this. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I got to get out of there. And shout out to post factory. (laughs) Well, they're called something different now. So that's good. (laughs) I, was looking at jobs. I looked at Mandy. I thought I had kind of fallen out of love with production at that point, although I still do things on my own, but I had fallen out of love with the long hours and egos of other people. So I found this job at Backstage and I've always loved writing and editing and friends would take papers to me in college to edit. And actually we were talking about Ross, we were talking about Ross Business School with Michigan. I helped my then college boyfriend edit his Ross essays, and he didn't get in the first two times. And then when I helped him, he got in the third time. And uh, so you got into Ross Business School. (laughs) I don't think I would have done very well there. (laughs) And then I just figured, oh, well, my theater knowledge comes in handy. I already read backstage. I didn't know that much about our online platform yet, so I was still getting it at newsstands on Thursdays. And my parents had told me about it because that was the thing you did when you first came to New York. <laughs> so I thought it sounded great, and I applied, and I got the job. Awesome. That was four years ago? Yeah. yeah. I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary at Backstage. Um, so I had a background in we call it unscripted real people casting, um, but it's really reality TV. Um, So I've 
I moved to New York in 2010 and basically just right off the bat crashed on the couch of the niece of the executive producer of Chopped, (laughs) um, who was friends with a college friend who I moved up with. And so she and her business partner were starting a new production company at the time. And I kind of did the the classic New York barter system of, well, if I work for you for free for a couple weeks. <laughs> um, and then basically the next time Chopped Casting started back up, I started with them and then took it from there. Six years of kind of just gig-based freelancing um, and had made the transition from series casting into development. <clears throat> And just like Anna was just like, um, it's getting harder and harder to piece jobs together because they're getting people who are younger and cheaper. (laughs) Um, And I had started thinking like, all right, well, what am I going to do if I don't do casting? And had started kind of exploring avenues of what I might be interested in and qualified for and could kind of get my my foot in the door. Um, And had known backstage just from casting projects with them. And obviously it's... Um, kind of a New York institution of its own, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely um, is. So I just went to their website to see if they were hiring and found the casting editor position. And what's cool about our team is like we all kind of do have a background in legit casting of some variety. Um, and so we're passionate about casting. Um, and now we're just helping other people do their best work <laughs> as far as casting goes without the stress and ego of doing it ourselves. (laughs) It's kind of nice being removed from it in a way. You Mm -hmm. can be a lot more like, you can look at it in a much different light when you're not, and it's not your project. Exactly. Um, So what would you describe a casting editor as? Because I mean, I feel like this is not a normal (laughs) term that I hear often. So how would you guys describe a casting editor? I think the most straightforward way to describe it is like there is a, technical logistical purpose of our job, which is to make sure that the people who self-post their projects to backstage are, you know, formatting their notices correctly, (laughs) things are spelled correctly, Um, you know, people aren't looking for nudity for free, and, and, you know, we get our share of, like, of course, Nigerian scams and stuff that we have to kind of weed (laughs) out. (laughs) My goodness, yeah. Um, But I think the, the... greater purpose of our job, at least how I interpret it, is to also make sure that we're paying attention to each notice that comes in, whether it's a student film, a theater production, um, a cabaret down on the, <laughs> down on the west side, um, to make sure that like people are utilizing language as accurately as they can to make sure they get the best submissions. Because I think the actors who use our site have keywords that they're looking for and they're, but they're also looking for stuff that like jumps out and grabs them. And so if we're able to help the, help the casting director do that, it's, it's one of the more rewarding parts of the job. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. What are like some mistakes you see people make with their, like when they are posting a casting, like things not to do? (laughs) <laughs> One big thing is being too specific in what you're looking for, especially if it's a student film or something unpaid. 
I encourage people to broaden their horizons. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something I've done. I run a 501c3 theater company with my mom in central Jersey. And we're big on multicultural casting. And we're big on opening up classical roles and seeing people for it who might not be seen by other companies or have been seen in the past for it. And I just am a big proponent of letting yourself be surprised in the audition room. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a really good... um, that's a really good way of thinking about it because you're right. Like if you're not, if you don't have, I understand as the creative person, you have your vision of what you want for your projects. But if you're doing that to a detriment of the type of people that you actually bring in according to the amount of money you have to, um, to accommodate, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, are there any other things that people tend to do? I think in general, it's either just being way too specific. Like you'll, we'll open up a notice and it'll have nine paragraphs in the production <laughs> description and you're like, <laughs> okay. Um, or it'll just be like casting a short film. I'm like, okay, um, let's get a little more out of that. Um, but lately it's been interesting because I don't know if it's more spring semester, people are doing their thesis films or... Um, there's a lot of obviously like theater and film festivals coming up. So I've been seeing a lot more like interesting, intriguing synopsis, like where I already want to see it as someone just reading their synopsis. I'm like, oh. Um, and I, I mean, I'm trying to think of a specific example. One was a web series where it was a girl who's trying to keep her mentally ill mother on her medication, but it's seen like through like this fan, like a fantasy, her imagination of like how she's perceiving this task. And I was like, Oh, and he, the creator wrote it much more (laughs) (laughs) compellingly than that. But I was just like, Oh, okay. So I think the best thing to do is like really workshop your description, whether it's the synopsis of the project or the role descriptions to keep it short and sweet, but yet that that sweet point of like, what's going to make people want to know more <laughs> and apply? And don't hold auditions at your apartment and create oh. a safe environment for actors. So sag After just recently banned that. So they've issued a new thing now where um, auditions in hotel rooms and residences are banned. And I'm like, how is that? Not a thing until now. Already banned. Yeah. What? That should have been... Yeah, I've definitely had times where I've I've gotten an audition for something that's been on a legit site, but that's like um, I, the more I start to investigate and look at where it is, I'm like, I don't know where the hell this is. I don't know how I would get away if this was a bad situation. Right. And um, <clears throat> I think this is in, and you like look up and you do the the street view, and you're like, I think this is a house. Not doing it. Nope. Not going. You know. But when I was first starting to audition, I remember that happening once, and I was like, no. Nope twice three times <laughs> and i'm like okay well you can have it at a hotel but why don't you just ask to use their conference, conference room, room. <laughs> yeah a lot of times probably their intentions are innocuous a lot of times probably not but we still have to protect our readers and that's part of our job is keeping our readers safe because they pay to use the service and they deserve quality safe mm-hmm. casting opportunities and now we get notices from all over the world so mm-hmm. we're we're vetting these people we look up different uh, producers a lot, different people who post with us to make sure it's safe. And then I think we all have pretty finely honed gut feelings by now too. So we go off that, but we also depend on our readers to tell us if they have a bad experience, like the ones you might've had if you 
went to one of those auditions and we take that feedback really seriously. Well, and studio space, you can get it so cheap in New York anyway. So if you're spending money on a hotel, you should just spend it at It's funny because I think a lot of students or like people who are just trying to do like low, low budget independent productions, like they don't think of that for some reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're like, what's a rehearsal space? I'm like... You're in New York City. There's like specific <laughs> like so, like companies that will offer you space for this reason. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. That's yeah. I I can't believe SAG just did that. <laughs> and I think I mean it's Audrey McDonald's the president now of SAG, I think. She made some statement of like or she, or she's a she's a, I forget who it was. Now I'm going to say a name that's not I right. forget that's who okay. it was after Ken Howard, but but <laughs> the you know, someone released a statement from SAG after released a statement of like, you know, in light of the Harvey Weinstein scandal. And I'm like, no, 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 like, don't put this on Harvey Weinstein. Like, yes, he's a creep, but you probably should have set this rule before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think for protection. I mean, because as women, you are often very vulnerable specifically to this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, how many times, like, uh, someone, you know, puts up posting about something with someone, like, requiring nudity mm-hmm. and then don't want to pay you anything. And you're like, um, no that's not really how that works. I'm not going to get naked for your student film. It's not happening because <laughs> no. you don't know what's going to happen with that footage. And the funny thing is, is like some people on our site like are, and again, it comes down to the description of the role. And like if, if people are intrigued enough to apply, like obviously all we can do is tell them to like use their, their instincts and, and trust the situation once you're in it. But we can't tell them not to apply. <laughs> but right. it's, it's hard because you just want to say to people like you're already asking them to to commit to rehearsal time, commit to production time, commit to giving you a good performance for nothing. And now you want them to do that naked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a student filmmaker once, so I I understand. I never asked for nudity in, in any <laughs> right? film, but I, I understand you're so caught up in your story, and hopefully you're asking for it for story purposes, but it I just, it boggles the mind when I see student film notices asking for nudity, and I personally would not recommend it. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. You and know? Right. if you're non-union, there's no specific protections in place. And you don't know that this person is experienced enough to take the proper steps for how to work with that footage. So Absolutely. That being said, I think there are a lot of um, students on there who, you know, really want to do this right. And it's not just a project. It's not just... Um, something that they have to deliver by a certain date or they'll get a D. Like there are a lot of people who I think are really wanting to channel some creative, creative energy and are just looking for people to help. So we actually, part of what we do is we'll go to schools sometimes and talk to the students in a filmmaking class about the casting process in general and using backstage. Um, and a lot of students I think are really worried about, you know, how many applications they'll get or the quality of performer they'll get because they can't pay. And what we always tell them is like, people really need footage for their reels. People really want experience and you're offering them that. You just have to, you know, understand that this is a mutually um, dependent relationship and hopefully both of you, (laughs) you know, respect each other's time and effort, so. Yeah, I always think for unpaid (coughs) projects, for example, my mom and I don't pay 
any of our actors at our theater company, but I always think then the currency should essentially be fun or a good experience. So when you're getting a play together, there's stressful times during tech week, there's (laughs) stressful times, and it's not always fun per se, but if you can create a fun, safe, nurturing environment where everybody's feeling creatively fulfilled, I think that's the best thing to do. And I think it's all the more important for unpaid projects. And I know from doing my own thesis way back when that, you know, you I spent like a year and a half thinking about it nonstop and researching it. And I know it was like my heart. And when I look at these student casting notices, I, I think that about them too. They're probably thinking about this nonstop. So I want to help them find good people and have a good experience. Yeah. What do you guys, like, what's the process? Like if a filmmaker is a student or has a low budget to put a casting notice on backstage, like do, is it, they just get on your website and. Yeah. So for, you know, production professionals, casting directors, it's free to make an account to post a job with backstage. Um, And then we do partner with, I mean, I don't even know the number at this point, but a huge amount of schools across the country to give them promo codes so their students can post for free. Um, And yeah, I think basically what happens then is like the notice, they post a notice um, and it comes into our casting inbox where we can start to edit it. Um, And that's when kind of the exchange can happen between us and them saying like, hey, have you thought about you know, broadening your, your categories or whatever. And we also encourage students to just, if they aren't sure what to put for union status or if, you know, what they can put in the contract box, because a lot of people say, well, contract means money. I can't pay them. So I'm just gonna leave it blank, but you can always put food, copy, credit, like all of that stuff. So we always encourage them to reach out to us if they have questions specifically, um, uh, should I put the email? It's up to you. That's, oh. that's your that that's your discretion. Whatever you want. But yeah, in general, like because a lot of people go through our customer service team. But if you have a specific question about your casting notice, you can just email casting at backstage dot com and say like, "Hey, I've been trying to cast this just on my own, asking around, not finding what I need. What do you suggest?" And we're always happy, you know. Like I said before, it's our goal to help people find the best talent because we know we have good talent on our site. And it's just a matter of like making that love connection <laughs> for sure. <laughs> casting sure. directors and actors. Well, and um, the profiles every year, they just get more and more like the actor profiles. You can put so many of your reels up and your yeah. resumes and everything like that. Is there a way for filmmakers to kind of scroll through those profiles or is it once they're submitted like if you're looking Mm -hmm. for something specific like uh 80 year old elderly (laughs) asian woman like can you can you go on to backstage at all and and yeah 100 so i mean that's probably a great question anna's like amazing with the back end of our site like she understands way better than me (laughs) so when you first post a notice people apply and anybody can apply but they'll get saved searches sent to their email based on the casting parameters they've suggested. But then if you want to search more deeply, we have uh, something called Find Talent, which is just our general talent database. And then we have something called Backstage Suggestions, which comes up in your submissions inbox. And it's everybody in your specific area and everyone who matches the parameters you built out as part of your breakdown but they haven't submitted to your project yet. And then you can message them, you can invite them to apply, and you can get so specific, as you were saying. And I've done that for projects I've cast, and I've been really happy with the quality of talent. And a lot of times I'm looking for New Jersey locals, 
because we can't always reimburse for travel from the city. And I've been really happy with those. And we have a keyword search. So I was looking for a Bollywood dancer once and I found somebody who was great. Uh, you can look for anything. We have a great product team and a great engineering team who keep updating mm-hmm. it and keep improving it every year. So I think it's a very clean interface. It's easy to flip through their reels and you can specify if they must have a reel to apply and it saves a lot of trouble. For sure. And I think... The cool thing about that search feature is, um, you know, Backstage to an extent is like any other social media platform where you have people who are on it every day and they get the email updates and they are really well-versed in what's new and active on the site. And you get people who probably hop on it, you know, once every couple of weeks or once a month or whatever just to see if there's anything they want to apply to. Um, so maybe they don't see your project when it's first posted and it's shiny and new and everyone wants to apply to it. But you can always find them on your own and reach out and say like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm coming down to the last couple of days of casting on this project. I found you through the talent search and I just really would love for you to submit. Um, and I think that makes act- the actors feel good as well. Like, oh, I didn't realize that someone could actively mm-hmm. seek me out. <laughs> Especially like a special skill or something like I need totally. a skateboarder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, exactly. but no, that is, I mean, as an actor, I would say that that would like tickle me pink if somebody like reached out from something because it is your, it's an, in where, I mean, and you understand this too, Anna, um, that when you, when you're an actor, you always feel like you're asking permission from other people. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you don't, when people are asking you, you're like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> and that's the great thing in general about self-submitting acting sites, whether you have representation or not or not, it's nice to just take the bull by the horns and submit yourself for things. And it's so easy with backstage. Mm -hmm. It is really easy. And just to have everything up there too, like all in one spot, even just sending your profile to, to people is really easy too. And like, it's, it's really exciting now because we now have our, our iOS app, um, which the product team is like really honing to make an awesome user experience because I don't think that exists really app wise as far as um, like a, a site like Backstage or our competition where you can apply to stuff directly from the app or like message with a casting director through the app like it's, I don't think there is no I don't think there is <laughs> I mean I don't yeah. know anything yeah. about it yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're they're doing all kinds of new updates to make sure the profiles look as great in the app as they do on the site and um I just know that's something that they've all been really excited about and working really hard on. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that you have to really let cool. us know when that launches officially. Oh, it's, out. Oh, it's already out. It's out, yeah. It's they're out. just still, um, I think, they're Getting doing... all that. Well, it's, I've never worked with a company that's had like a technology component before. So the great thing about Backstage as a place to work is you have the name, like you have that brand of uh, the most trusted name in casting. <laughs> and... Um, and but it's also it's just got a super startupy kind of vibe. Um, it's a very collaborative office. Like people are really open and friendly. Um, we have dog coworkers, which is always a blast. <laughs> um, but you know, I think it's just been really interesting to see. Like, because I wake up every morning, I'm like, why do I have 14 app updates? This is because I'm one of those people who can't stand the notification. <laughs> Me too. Um, but it's really been interesting to see like what actually goes into that and all the things that they kind of nitpick and twist and turn and just to make it a really great user experience on the app. I learned so much from our coworkers because my area of expertise is really words and copy and the arts. And then to 
be working side by side with uh, people from editorial and marketing and social and devs, I learn a lot from them. That's true. We had Willem Dafoe in our office and my brain kind of like short circuited. Because <laughs> 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 um, our editorial team actually does, they'll do Facebook live um, interviews, like Q&A sessions with different talent. So they've been getting some really cool people, like Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, mm-hmm. yeah, was yeah, in yeah. a few months ago. Um, and yeah, they, they also work really hard to get like great people in our door and, and on the cover and all that good stuff. <laughs> well, it's so well rounded cause you guys have great resources to look up casting directors and agents mm-hmm. and also then the casting component of submitting. And then you guys put out a magazine too. Right. Still, the but- articles are always really great. I mean, and I think a lot of the stuff is not just in the magazine, right? It's online as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, because I've definitely <laughs> learned many a thing from reading. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always a nice way to to feel learning something new. Yeah. Anna's mom just wrote an article for us. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> what oh, was that about? Awesome. It was about learning Shakespeare when you're, especially when you're new to Shakespeare, learning mm. his words. And uh, yeah, she's a backstage expert, which means she <laughs> writes on her area of expertise, I guess. Uh, but our editorial team has been great about working with her, and she loves writing. Oh, that's awesome. Us. Plug in mom. <laughs> I like it. I was going to ask you, Anna, about writing copy for a project. Um, if you have any advice or tidbits of like getting specific or... Um, creating something that engages because because that's very different than writing a script right so I guess brevity is the soul of what when it comes to (laughs) copy but you don't want to be too brief as Jill said earlier you want to give some idea of the plot or or the project if it's more of a multimedia project and kind of you have to sell it it's kind of sales make it obvious what would interest actors in this whether it's uh for a big corporate client that would get a lot of views or if it's an interesting plot. And I think actors are really eager to dig their teeth into whether that's meaty roles or or a, a fascinating project that's new and just put it out there and uh, keep it succinct. And I think people <laughs> would apply. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they think, but I think people can be intimidated too about like, I don't feel like I'm reinventing the wheel here, but this is a project that like interests me. How yeah. can I mm-hmm. describe it so that other people are interested? And I think it's, you know, like it's all a matter of channeling like what you're passionate about. So maybe it is just a a coming of age story or a, you know, a love story that maybe you feel like you're not totally retelling for like the first time, but you can find what makes it interesting to you and and go from there i think is the best way to start yeah i, agree. <laughs> I love that, that like passion. find like what what you love about it yeah and, yeah what's the passion that you have mm-hmm. for a project and then tapping into that as the way to share it with everyone else totally. and i think it makes you a better director or casting director to say like okay well what is it about that project that i love and like what's the story that i'm trying to tell and how do i get someone else on board with that <laughs> especially if it's a student film and i can't pay them <laughs> yeah you have to make it very intriguing then. <laughs> anna you also 
write and direct and act? Do you have any projects coming up that you want to share? Oh, yeah. I'm very slowly editing a film I shot last summer, which is called Our Lady of the 80s. And it's about a millennial who goes back in time to 80s New York, because that's when my parents were here in the 80s. And I always think about that about, you know, the legacy of gentrification and the quote-unquote cleaning up of the city. And I hear from artists who talk about what it was like to be an artist back then. So I play with all that in the movie. It's a long script for a short film, but I have a, it's very dialogue-heavy. So I, I imagine it'll be like 20 minutes or so. And then I just got cast in something called Literary Pub Crawl, which is kind of immersive theater meets walking tour meets literature that has to do with New York. So I'm doing that. <laughs> that sounds really cool. <laughs> and then I am have kind of an embryonic idea for a, a screenplay. So hopefully I'll <laughs> get to that eventually. <laughs> well, when you do, you can tell us about it and we will be happy to share it with the with our community of people within the podcast. So yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, ladies, thank you so much for sitting down with us, taking time after a long day of work (laughs) and, um, and, and having some kombucha and sparkling water. (laughs) We appreciate it. Um, uh, Can you tell people where you want to be found as far as um, online? Oh, like personally? Yeah. <laughs> it can be personally or via backstage or whatever it is that you guys want to share for people to keep up and follow. Well, if you would like to post a casting notice, you can email us at casting at backstage.com. <laughs> Attention, Anna or Jill, and one yep. of us will get that. And if you're a student, we'd love to help create a promo code for your school if there's not one already. And then my personal Twitter is at Anna Philomena. P-H-I-L-O-M-E-N-A and my website for acting is annapayone.com definitely check out our our backstage's Twitter and Facebook page our social media team does an awesome job of like interacting with with readers and um, people who want to contribute and yeah I think that's that's all yeah (laughs) awesome thank you so much again for coming and sitting with us and uh, thank you guys for listening thanks guys Bye. bye